Today, we'll be debating the best albums of 1993, and then we'll be discussing gum disease. This is Doctor versus Comedian. I'm Dr. Asif Doja, and this is the Doctor of Laughs. Not a real doctor. Ali Hassan. Every episode, I pick a topic for Ali from comedy and entertainment, and I question him about it. Then Ali picks a topic for medicine and health and grills me on that topic. Today, Ali and I will be debating the best albums from 30 years ago. Yes, 1993. And then we'll be talking about gum disease. Speaking of grilling, huh? You know how your mouth is called your grill sometimes? Yeah. In circles? Yeah, the grill and the gums in the mouth. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Ali, let's get right into this discussion about 1993. You know, this was a good year in music. It was. In fact, I do, again, hate you for putting mm. putting me through this exercise because I have like seven albums tied for number one, which I also say that to protect myself from the hatred and people be like, wow, how could you put that at number seven? I They're all unbelievable. I think we will have minimal to zero overlap in you this think? Uh, i think so though i think uh, some maybe who who knows we'll see let's mention a couple albums that are not on our list and then we can mm. go through our top 10 uh by the way we will play some clips for some of these songs but i think we'll just do that for the top five for me and ali just in order to save time so albums that did not make our list uh i think uh come on feel the lemon heads you like the lemon heads there ali no don't really can't really say I do. Uh, I'll tell you an album that I think did not make your list, but probably you wanted to. Down with the King, Run DMC. Yeah, I too much other stuff was happening. I had so much love for Run DMC, but Run Run DMC does in a way make an appearance on my list. Oh, okay, okay. Oh, Don't spoil it for us. Okay. But uh, it's really because of that song Down with the King. I love that song. It, it is, is so good. Yeah. Uh so good. So anyway, so those are a couple uh albums that did not make our list. Also, I just took this off the last minute uh Living Colors third album Stain uh, it was on my list. I'm like, I don't think it makes it, uh, but it's a, it's a really good album, a much more hard rocking album than some of their past work, but and they uh, also make a little appearance on, oh. on mine. Did, uh, Aerosmith with their 1993 album, get a grip. Make I, tell it you, I, I thought about I tell it. Yeah. I thought about it. And then I looked at that album again. I'm like, what was I thinking? Why did I even own that album? I don't, I don't That's even know. funny but... that you own that. Hilarious. Yeah. So that did not make the list okay let's start off we're going to go in reverse order let's do number 10 ali you start off number 10 uh, album from 1993 for you in your opinion we're just saying our favorite ones you know it could be you know we all have our own reasons we'll talk about them but number 10 my number 10 is in utero by nirvana and originally i wasn't considered because i just out of so many so many bands do not have strong follow-ups to killer albums and i imagine that is very difficult to do if i think about comedy you know you work for years you put out your thing it's a compilation of like your whole life up to that date and then two years later people expect you to have another album i mean i don't know the best case is you have leftover stuff that you didn't use on your first album that you put on your set so i was kind of like 
you know, inclined to not put this on the list, like Smashing Pumpkins, for example. I was like, that's probably not going to be. But uh, in the end, I, I, I listened to the album and uh, still got some bangers. And, and it took me back. The sound is still same grunge, hard rocking. And I was like, it's just a feeling inside you get. You're like, oh, yeah, no, mm-hmm. this album still rocks and it's amazing. Well, guess what? My number yeah. 10, In Utero by Nirvana. What? what? I, know. I know. It's, it's, uh, I agree with you. I re listened to it again last night and I'm like, this album has some great songs on it. I, I think they move forward musically, uh, in this album. I think it gets a bit overshadowed by, remember the MTV Unplugged that came out maybe a year after? Oh, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I think that kind of overshadowed. And when we think about this time in, in Nirvana, I think sometimes we think about that MTV Unplugged a bit more than in utero. But uh, yeah, for sure, on my list uh, at number 10. Number nine is an album that uh, you almost for sure did not own, did not care for, and do not know. It's Guru's Jazzmataz Volume 1. Okay? And it is... Um, you just said three words. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I don't know what gurus, Razzmatazz, or volume. Oh, that's not nice. Uh, Hip hop artist Guru. He sort of did notoriously did all the uh, production and executive production himself for this for this album. But it is with a number of like MC Solar. I don't know if you know MC Solar. I grew up in Quebec. This guy was a big deal, even though he's from France, but we heard him a lot. But he's got Branford Marsalis on it. He's got Lonnie Liston Smith on it. Um, Roy Ayers. There's just all these phenomenal musicians, uh, singers, and Dia Davenport, Carlene Anderson. It's really like very different from what I was listening to. And you're going to see in my list, there's, I was just going through a time where I was kind of sick of, by 1993, I had, I was kind of done with, um, I'm the best MC. You can't step to me. I'll kill you. I'll shoot you down. Like all that stuff was getting a little tired by yeah. the mid nineties for me anyway. So this is a very cool, very exciting album. I, I encourage anybody to just go on Spotify, Jazz volume one, and it's very cool. It's very laid back and something you can, you know, if, if you like jazz at all, and it doesn't have to be, you know, it's, I don't know, just listen to it. People have preconceived notions about jazz. I thought this was a great album and I, I think it deserves to be at number nine. I, you know, I was originally, it was going to be Lenny Kravitz. Are you going to go my way? I look it up. That's pretty much the only song of any value. Yeah, on that. I agree. I was going to put it on my, because I thought, oh, he has so many good songs. They're actually not on this album. So uh, it was not on my list either. Yeah. My number nine is John Mellencamp, Human Wheels. Oh. Uh, a, uh, an album that probably Ali doesn't own. Uh, but uh, and this is John Mellencamp. I think I said this last time when we talked about 1991 albums a couple of years ago. Uh, he had a couple good albums after Lonesome Jubilee that people kind of slept on. And I think so this album, for example, has great songs. Um, what If I Came Knocking is probably the big uh, single that came out from it. But this is what Entertainment Weekly said at the time. It got an A. It says John Malcolm's last album, so the one before this, uh, was more or less straightforward rock. But there's something dark and unshaven about this new one, Human Wheels. Oddball instruments with penny whistles, mandolins. Um, over gritty drum tracks that sound like they were recorded in a cluttered cellar. 
And so it's 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 a more complex album. Uh, definitely worth a listen if you guys have never heard it before. So that is. I mean, I love one. a penny whistle and a cluttered cellar as much as the next guy, Asif. But man, I don't know. As soon as the cougar was uh, extracted from the name completely, remember it was John Cougar, then it was John Cougar Mellencamp, yeah. and there was. I feel like once Cougar left, uh, Ali Hassan, Ali. Cougar Hassan, Cougar is my middle name. I left as well. I have no, I, I have no clue about this knock, about this, uh, this album. And what if I came knocking? I'm not even sure if I know that song. That's terrible. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> All right, my number eight is uh, something you definitely don't have on your list. Tony Braxton's album, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. self. What's it called? Self. It's called it's, self-titled. It's self-titled. Uh, Tony. Self-titled Braxton. album called Tony Braxton. Now you don't have it on it, and you're probably rolling your eyes. But let me explain something to you. Uh, three ga- Grammy awards. Okay, for best new artist and two for best female R and B vocal performance. Ninety four, ninety five. I mean, this woman is like. The real deal. This was her her debut album, and it uh, it has like sort of a mixed reaction. But "Breathe Again" is a wicked song. "You Mean the World to Me" is amazing. Uh, Seven whole days is it, it's okay. But anyway, it's it's really good. Like in you know, she was not quite Whitney Houston level, but she was pretty phenomenal. And this was a, it was also Babyface. Uh, yeah, anything Babyface puts his hands on a typically good babyface did a good job on, on this album, um, producing it too. So I, I'll, I'll stand by this. I was in a weird place, right? Obviously I've already mentioned very different albums, but, uh, that's how this list is going to go. Love should well, have brought you home. Love should have brought you home. Another sad. It should have. It should have. It yeah, did love it. should have brought you home is a good song. So you want to talk about big, uh, swings from one type of music to another. So my number eight is, Picture of Health by the Canadian band The Headstones. Big so, swing. Big swing. So The Headstones, again, this is the only Canadian band I think that's on my list. No, I have another Canadian artist later on, but the only Canadian rock band. Hmm. Uh, this album came out and I was just blown away by it. Every song is great. It's um, just this band came out of nowhere. I think they were from Kingston, maybe. Uh, and uh, amazing, amazing uh, songs on it. Uh, I can't recommend it enough. If you've never heard this band before, definitely check out uh, the Headstones for sure. Their other albums are good too, but this was their kind of big debut and a uh, huge success for them. Asif, I'm going to take your word for it. Mm -hmm. Uh, I know nothing about that album. Uh, This next album, where am I at? Number seven. I, again, was going to write this off because I was like, their first album was just too killer. They, they, They did not follow it up. But... I was wrong. It's Pearl Jam versus went to listen to it. Um, it's, it's, it still holds up. It still holds up. Now you definitely, you go to what you, um, you know, animals amazing, obviously, uh, if not, if not too short, uh, daughter is good. I don't like elderly woman behind the cat. It's, uh, I don't know. That's, oh, I, you know, all that the, all, I feel like all the impersonations of Eddie Vedder, like everybody goes, like the marble mouth stuff. It's just yeah. that song. It's like he's impersonating himself. There's something I can't get, get, um, I just can't, I can't get past that. And then Indifference, which was, that's a bit of a cheat because it was on 10. This is a remixed Indifference, uh, is an absolutely wicked song. 
This may be one of my favorite Pearl Jam songs of all time. So, uh, guys, my apologies. You did it again with an amazing follow-up album, and uh, I had forgotten. You know, you, you you get older and you just have something in your mind like, no, this was the best. This was also a very good album. Um, stay tuned for oh, Versus what a surprise. On. Yes. But number seven, it was close, actually, uh, because seven is another follow-up by a huge band to a extremely successful album. This is U2 Zeropa, which is mm. the follow-up to Act on no Baby. Act on Baby, yep. we've talked about several times in the podcast, one of my favorite albums of all time. Zeropa is them pushing this electronic, experimental kind of music. I would say some songs are, are successful. Uh, some songs aren't. But it does have some Stone Cold classics, particularly Stay Far Away So Close, which is one of the all-time best U2 songs. Um, so it can't not be on uh, on my list, but it's just a bit lower than some of the other albums we're here about because I don't like love every single song on it. But uh, yeah, U2 Zeropa, number seven. Very nice. Okay, next one. Again, I had to... Uh push through the poison that is in my mind it's uh it's again it's it their first album doesn't nobody really knows their first album but a tribe called quest had a great album called low end theory which put them on the map which is almost banger after banger and i really thought this album would not be able to follow it go back have a listen i was incorrect midnight marauder Mm. i you know what i just love the vibe of tribe called quest it's such feel good awesome music and it sometimes goes uh, uh, deep and there's like some real stuff they're rapping about. Stephen Biko, for example, uh, um, this album is uh, is also pretty good. Now it's not low in theory, but but it is a good album and I I remembered it incorrectly again. I tell you, well, I'm going to get back to what I was saying before for number six, Pearl Jam versus. As Ali said, this was their follow up. I, again, I don't think it's as good as ten, but. It does have some Stone Cold bangers on it, uh, including the ones Ali mentioned. I love the tr- title track Go. Love that song. Oh, yeah. Go is great also. And what Animal. Animal is. And Rear well, Mirror. These are like excellent songs. There is some garbage on this. Rats is stupid. Like it's not even <laughs> worth listening to. I skip over that song. Um, and it's produced by Brendan O'Brien, who they would work with much, uh, you know, for a lot of their career. A great producer. I think it sounds better honestly than 10 uh, not the remastered 10 but the original recording of 10 i think this sounds better so yeah pearl jam versus my number six so we're going to do our top five right now and we will play uh, clips from some of these songs uh to whet your appetite for these uh, albums so uh, ali you want to do number five my number five is janet by janet jackson Asif, mm-hmm. my love is blind. Can't you see my desire? Asif, great album, great album. Um, uh, Janet Jackson was was coming into her own. 
as a, as a woman. She's a, like released after her 20, 27th birthday. She's very much a woman. I was coming into my own as a man, you might say. Mm. Not true. I'm much younger than her. But um, yeah, this was like a, this was like a, a, a sexually charged album for me. As you look back, it's, I mean, that's not exactly what the, the way I should describe it. You know, she was embracing her womanhood and her sexuality, mm-hmm. but as mm-hmm. you know, one of the reviews, I think it was from Billboard magazine was saying, you know, gone was the chaste teenager who sang let's wait a while, which was either on, I think it was on rhythm nation. Uh, and in her place on this album was a woman who wanted to get it on in public and quote, boom, boom, boom until noon, noon, noon. Unquote, as she memorably purrs on a on a on a on a hit called Throb on this album, um, I went back and listened to it. I don't know if it stands the test of the time with new listeners, but what it did for me was like a really a, a wonderful trip, uh, you know, down memory lane. And I I had to put this in my top five. So my number five is Siamese Dream by the Smashing Pumpkins. Let's hear my favorite track from this album. Not a single mayonnaise. So I did the research, Justin, okay? Mm-hmm. Two albums that I thought were going to be in my top 10 was Siamese Dream and then also Pablo Honey by Radiohead. Both yeah. of these albums, I was like, these will be on my top 10. I go back, have a listen. I've done a lot of research for this episode, buddy. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I didn't think... It's like Pablo Honey has maybe two and a half good songs. Same thing with Siamese Dream. I don't know. I, I remembered them differently and I, I didn't feel that same connection. I mean, some of these albums, when I went to listen, I mean, like chills up and like like an actual, like a, a bodily reaction to some of this stuff. When I heard Pearl Jam again, I was like, oh man, I'm back, baby. Mm-hmm. I can take on the world. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't feel that. Um, yeah, no, I think I disagree with you. I actually I agree with you about Radiohead. I think we kind of conflate all of Radiohead's first couple albums together. Exactly. But, we, uh, Pablo Honey is not that. that good. Uh, it has basically one good song on it. So, uh, which is Creep. Which Creep, of course. Yes. Imagine you. <laughs> yeah, imagine <laughs> something, something else. No, uh, but Siamese Dream. Listen, you know they were heralded as the next Nirvana. That was not fair to them. But though Butch Vig, who uh, produced Nevermind, also produced this. Um, I think there's so many good songs on this. Chair Rock, Today, Rocket, Disarm, uh, Mayonnaise, like I said, my favorite song in the album, Space Boy. No, man, it, it is really good. It was like nothing I'd ever heard before as well. Uh, and I just thought it was so unique. Um, I don't know. It, for, for me, it still holds up. So that's why it's my number five. All right. I like Disarm and I like Mayonnaise. And then like half of another song, I think. Now, mind you, I wasn't listening in in detail, but you know, you get a feeling, you get a feeling, you click on something and you go, this is not what it used to be. Anyway. All right. You're, you're still a good person. My number four. And now listen, now we're in a place where I don't even like, this could easily be number one tomorrow afternoon if I rethink about it, but it's the judgment night soundtrack.
you may never have even heard of this film. 1993 film. Uh, you know what? Not talked about that much, to be honest. Doesn't come up much. But the out the soundtrack, for me in particular, one of the greatest things ever. And that is because I've said this on the podcast before as we talk about music. I lived in a world where I had friends who were into rap and who were into metal. And uh, the, t- the the twine uh, never met. What's the, I don't know. Why, why am I being Shakespearean? Something like that. Something like that. Uh, they did not like that I liked both. So it was very much like you have to choose. You have to choose. And uh, I didn't want to choose. And when Anthrax and Public Enemy did a track together, it was like one of the greatest days of my life. And this mm-hmm. album, it, the entire album basically is this. It's like a bunch of metal and hip hop bands together. And it's also, if you play, if you play the first song and the second song, Back to back. It's one of the most hilarious things you'll ever hear on one album. Just Another Victim bangs so hard. It's Helmet and House of Pain. House of Pain, you may remember from Jump Around, Jump Around, Jump Up, Jump Up, and Get, and get down. down. Yes, we know that. Uh, and then there's, right after that is a song called Falling, Fallen by Teenage Fan Club and De La Soul, which is just so like, Fallen. It's, yeah, so I don't the, know, it's very it's easy groove. Easy yeah. grooving, right? But you have Living Color, who Asif mentioned with Run DMC. Living Color rocked very hard, man. Mm-hmm. All black band, mm-hmm. rock, uh, they're, they're metal. Amazing. One of my favorite um, bands of all time. That lead singer, the way he could swing his hair, his yeah, dreads Corey around. Glover, as yeah. He was, yeah, fantastic. You have Biohazard and Onyx, and I hate Onyx, but I, I kind of like them with Biohazard. You have Slayer and Ice-T. I've seen Slayer twice in concert. I was a big fan. Uh, Ice-T, love that man. Uh, Faith No More and Booyah Tribe. Uh, I didn't know Booyah Tribe, but that was a great song. Sonic Youth and Cypress Hill. I love you, Maria Jane. They do a remix of that. Uh, Mud Honey and Sir Mix-a-Lot. Pearl Jam and Cypress Hill. Dinosaur Jr. and Dell the Funky Homo Sapien. There are so many hard-hitting, hard-rocking songs on this album. It's it's insane. I love it. You know, uh, I own this album, too. I love it. But when I re-listen to it, they're just two really good songs. Just Another Victim, as you said, and the uh, Judgment Night theme song by Biohazard and Audit. Those are the that best. Judgment Night song is the best. Uh, the rest of it, I'm not a huge fan about. Uh, I, I Again, I've listened to it many times. I own it, but I don't know. I will it's, offer to you that dream to you. It, it may be the idea of this album yes. that I love more than the music. It might be. I'm willing to say that about myself. But uh, let me just say I love that this album exists. Yeah. And that's why it's my number four. Okay, well, my number four, now this is where we diverge so much, there will be no further duplications on either of our lists, I can guarantee you. There's no more Pearl Jam verses or In Utero by Nirvana. So my number four is Sting's Ten Sumner's Tales. better than that choice 
was your voice cracking when you said Sting? Um, it really, you were like Because a, I knew you were going to laugh. No, yeah, but listen. You were like um, a Simpsons character pushing up his glasses and going, I love Sting! So many good songs on this album. Shape of My Heart, which we know that uh, the guitar riff has been used by Juice World uh, more recently. Uh, we got If I Ever Lose My Faith in You and Fields of Gold. I mean, Stone Cold Classics. Uh, Sting is really, this is like the height of his solo career, in my opinion, The this album and the previous album before this Soul Cages. So uh, yeah, for sure, Sting, 10 Sumner Sales, my number four. Yeah, one of the most desperately boring albums I've ever heard in my life. Anyway, uh, number three, Black Sunday by Cypress Hill. They're again a little bit tough for them to follow up their their self uh, their self titled uh, Cypress Hill album. Uh, my concern was it just had you know one hit on it, but it's pretty good. The, the reviews were a little bit uh, you know hot and cold on this, and I don't I don't know because some people say it's a hard album to classify even now thirty years later. That's what I loved about them. You couldn't put them in a box. You couldn't figure. They were singing in Spanish. They were doing rock. They were doing hip hop. They were all over the place. And that was what was cool about them. This album is is darker, and 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 you know some people say it's less commercial than Cypress Hill, and yet Black Sunday was a massive commercial hit. It's their most successful album to date. So I I don't really you'll hear you'll see some back and forth uh, hot cold stuff, but I think it's a great album. Uh, I, I really like solid follow-up to Cypress Hill and, and some of the, this, this band's best songs are, are on this album. I have an interesting relationship with Cypress Hill. I love them for about a year and a half. Then we overplayed them way too mm -hmm. much. That is courtesy of my friend RJ. And then I just couldn't, I, I couldn't, yeah, I couldn't get past how overplayed it was. And then I took a, I don't know, two decades off. And now when I listen to it, I feel good again. My brain has forgotten the years of overplaying it. Well, we want to talk about something that's quite a bit different than Cypress Hill. This is the complete opposite of the spectrum. This is Sarah McLaughlin fumbling towards ecstasy. thought you'd hear those two artists back to back but here we are it's happening this was really her big breakthrough but i own 
owned all her albums before this. She had two albums before this. Uh, but this was a big hit. And when I tell you the songs on it, you're like, oh, of course, there's Possession, Hold On, Good Enough, Ice Cream. These are songs that are like, again, Stone Cold classics now. She's about to, uh, be, this is again, about to blow up. Uh, Lilith Fair will be in several years from this time in a, in about three or four years. So she is just really, really uh, skyrocketing up. And uh, it just, it's just amazing. It's just a very, very well done album. So uh, that's my number three. Okay. My number two, uh, when you think of Sarah McLaughlin, you obviously think of Doggy Style by Snoop Doggy Dog. This is a crazy album. So first of all, you, you, to set the scene in 1993, probably one of the most highly anticipated albums of in hip hop was this album because no, he hadn't put out an album, but people knew Snoop Dogg from The Chronic. Dr. Dre had put him on a, a number of tracks and, and given him some, some significant airtime. So uh, people were waiting for this album and it definitely, definitely de- delivered. Um, as I mentioned... I was sick of the, I'll kill you, you know, I'll shoot you up and this and that. Now, I say that, but I think in 1993, uh, Snoop Dogg was in jail for a little while, (laughs) accused of killing somebody. So, you know, you got to separate the art from the artist. He was fully acquitted and so was the driver in the car who actually uh, pulled the trigger. Um, Snoop Dogg was, uh, he's, um, he's a minor criminal, not a major criminal. Anyway, the point is, Great album. Murder was the case. Perfect uh, example of why I love this album, because it is kind of like a darker song and it's about, it's not really about murder. It's about a guy who loves the gang life and the street life. And Mm -hmm. he's trying to resist the temptations of the street life. And um, he makes a deal with the devil in order to live. And in the end, he, he can't, he can't make the deal and he goes to, to, to prison and, you know, it starts with Snoop Dogg getting gunned down on the street. If you remember albums from that that era, so much heavy, like, mm-hmm. intro dialogue. And, like, it was, like, mini, mini short films that you were, like, mm-hmm. subject to with a, almost every song, especially in the hip-hop world. But Gin and Juice is amazing. Murder was a case amazing. Lottie Dottie, We Likes to Party, We Don't Bother Nobody. It's a cover, still good. Who Am I is fantastic. Ain't no fun if the homies can't have none. Like this, this album really delivered, and that's my uh, my number two. Okay, so my number two again. We're talking very very different here, and Ali is going to make fun of this in a second. But it's Superstar Car Wash by the Goo Goo Dolls. So <laughs> the Goo Goo Dolls are a very interesting band because yes. in the early 90s and late 80s, they were a, a total hard rocking punk band, like thrash metal almost. It was very, very different than what they are now, which is like a, you know, easy listening band, basically. So this is kind of them in the perfect power punk mold and this is one of their best albums and again i don't think a lot of people have heard it so i'm gonna actually play a song for ali right now because i want him to hear this song okay because he's never heard this song before i guarantee okay you ready this is falling down (laughs) 
Not bad at all. I, of course, wanted to mock it and you, uh, more you than anything. Uh, not sure if that's uh, appropriate. I'm, I'm looking it up on Wikipedia. This, this album was a mix of punk, uh, rock, and metal. And uh, probably something that I would like, to be quite honest. I'll, uh, yeah, I didn't know anything about this, uh, about this album. And also did not know anything about the Goo Goo Dolls non-easy listening period of their mm-hmm. life. So, or, or, I mean, like, I think it's worth people checking out if this sounds like the type of album you'd like. But uh, anyway, it is my personal number two. So now we're into the number ones. Ali, again, these are going to be very different. I just have a feeling. So go ahead. Enter the Wu-Tang 36 Chambers by Wu-Tang Clan. <laughs> That's my number one. I mean, I could, again, you know, it could be distributed among my, my, my top four, top five. But this is a uh, unbelievable debut album. It is so loaded with content and with talent. And these guys are like, you know, they were obsessed with, with Kung Fu. Obviously, it's the Wu-Tang Clan. And so every song, again, you want to talk about like a short film, every single song. I don't know if I have the patience for that kind of stuff anymore, but at the time it was, uh, it was unbelievable. I was also very, I was a huge fan of this, you know, East Coast rap, you know, especially around New York City. So I loved, I loved KRS-One and Nas, uh, Biggie. Mm-hmm. Up deep. These were guys who, you know, th- th- this was the stuff I was, was listening to. This is very much aggressive, um, but so good. So, so good. There's so many songs on this that are, uh, I mean, and you look up the, you look up the, um, the, 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 the history and the origin of this, of this album. I also love, and I've ta- talked about this before. I love when you're like, seven to 10 people in a band. It's crazy. Mm -hmm, You're doing it mm -hmm. because you love it. You're not doing it for the money. You're clearly not doing it for the fame. Uh, It's so hard to travel. It's so hard to make money for that many people. You're doing it because you love it. And, and luckily their love, you know, um, I was going to say, you know, resulted in success. Although a a few of these guys are in in (laughs) bad financial shape, but anyway, protect your neck is amazing. Um, Great song. Uh, Tears, amazing. Cream, which you just played, Asif. Cash rules everything around me. Dollar dollar bills, y'all. Mm-hmm, very, y'all. very good song. It's uh, yeah. There's, there's. It's a, it's, it's, it's great. And and you know that one of the reviews, the ghetto, uh, the ghetto communicator in in the source, which was the source for hip hop, wrote mm-hmm. this record is harsh, but so is the world that we live in. For B-boys and girls who come from the core of the hard, this is the hip-hop album you've been waiting for. And I think, you know, for guys looking in from the outside, like myself, you know, middle class, lower middle class in Montreal, no connection to that world that I loved. This was just an unbelievable album, just like eye-opening and and, and just one of the wildest albums I've, I've ever heard in my life. Great debut. Well, my number one is quite a bit different. It's Matthew Sweet's Altered Beast. Altered 
I knew Ali would find this uh, somewhat humorous. But listen, it's because I also want people to be exposed to maybe some albums that they've never hey, heard before. I love that and, you're doing this. And, I just, I, I just, the, the dichotomy is is just too much for me. It's yeah. insane. But, and I but no, I love to, that you're, this, this is the beauty of music. This is yeah, the beauty of music. Exactly. That you can and it speaks to 1993. So the story behind this album is, it's the uh, album that came out for him after Girlfriend. Girlfriend was his big, huge hit. And I love that album. And then this album came out and I didn't like it. In fact, I actively disliked it when it first came out. And there's a few things that I've encountered in pop culture that I hated when they came out. And then I realized that they're actually amazing. So this is one of them. Another one, a classic example I give people is the talented Mr. Ripley, the movie. Mm. I didn't like that when it came out. And now I realize it's honestly one of the best movies um, I've seen. So it just, sometimes things take a while to grow in you. A review from Rolling Stone magazine said that, this album takes a bit of time for all of it to make sense, but after a few listens, it falls together. And it's actually, that's actually true, uh, which, and it's actually one of my favorite albums I've ever listened to. Uh, I can listen to it all the way through. Every song is good. Uh, I highly recommend if um, you've never listened to this to give it a chance. Um, he had released three albums in a row. The one after this is a hundred percent fun. Those, uh, Girlfriend, Altered Beast, and 100% Fun. Three absolutely amazing albums by Matthew Sweet. So I do suggest people check it out if you've never heard it before. So that's our list. We'll put them uh, as a link on our show notes page uh, to uh, YouTube. So uh, that way you can kind of listen to some more of these songs. Uh, and you'll have our lists on, uh, on, a, on a YouTube playlist, which will be linked. Okay, Asif, gum disease. Why are we talking about it? It's actually, uh, I'm I'm the reason we're talking about it. Now, I'd love to just jump in and go, now, now I don't have it. Truth is, I don't know. I don't know if I don't have it. Apparently, a lot of people do have it. I have been visiting my dentist lately. He's got a few complaints about my mouth. Oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> Me too. My, my, my dentist, my husband. Hey. Oh, my God. Um, I grind my teeth and, uh, what else do I do? I don't floss enough for his liking. I was like, I floss three times this week. He goes, come on, man. Three times people floss three times a day. I was like, oh, I thought I had a good week. Anyway, uh, he's got issues with me. They don't involve gum disease yet. Now, the reason we're bringing this up today is because Alex Rodriguez, uh, some of you may know him. If you know sports, one of the greatest athletes of all time. Um, Yankees um, uh, outfielder. So he, uh, known as A-Rod, right? People will know him. He has been sharing his journey with gum disease. I'm kind of talking in quotes here. Um, first of all, played 22 seasons in Major League Baseball, uh, All-Star 14 times, Golden Glove Award twice, Silver Slugger Award 10 times, one of the greatest all around. Uh, he's a shortstop, I said outfielder. He's one of the greatest shortstops to ever... Uh, set foot in the field, and now he's talking about gum disease. So it feels like, oh, this must be serious. But it's also like I, I needed to find out if it is or isn't. And so, you know, on this various things, various articles came out, and it's like you could have replaced gum disease with testicular cancer. That's how serious this felt uh, with the language of these articles, 
Rodriguez has learned that he has been living with the condition for a few years. You know, he's among the 47% of Americans, 30 and older, who live with this. And um, it, 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 it had so much, like, gravitas towards it. And I was like, man, I didn't think this was that serious. And so, Asif, I come to you grilling you on this grill disease. Uh, how serious is uh, these are my questions how serious is it how many people have it uh is it like reversible what are we what are we talking about here so first of all tell me what is gum disease because there's a lot of terms out there right gingivitis and receding gums and all kinds of stuff so what is gum disease yeah let's take a step back as we always do take a step back let's just do a bit of um info on rodriguez so he came out with this he was interviewed on cbs news and as all you're saying like why is this a news thing well i'll tell you why because he was hired uh by uh, aura pharma which is a company it's owned by Bausch big dentistry Health, you know like yeah. Bausch and Lomb. Yeah. and of course he was being paid in this role to talk about his gum disease saying you know uh, all the you know 65 million americans have gum disease and then there's a dedicated website and he's the spokesperson so uh yeah i mean sure and and by the way i also read that when you have gum disease um, whatever the treatment might be, now it's like you should be going to the dentist instead of twice a year, four times a year. So right yeah, away, some people say more often, three, times, three or four times a year. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, and but let's be also be honest. I'm not a dentist or a dental hygienist. One of my really good friends is my dental hygienist, um, and uh, he uh, has certainly made comments that my gums are not looking very good every oh. time I see him. And I do that's see him now. That's three what you times get when you have a friend who is your dental hygienist. Well, he tells me the truth. Uh, yeah. People who know him know he uh, always tells the truth. <laughs> He's very blunt. So uh, there are some issues with my gums. Um, so, okay, periodontal gu- or gum disease is an infection of the tissues that hold your teeth in place, right? Our gums. And usually it's caused by poor brushing and flossing. So that allows plaque to accumulate, uh, which is a sticky film of kind of bacteria. You often can't see, but that builds up on teeth and hardens. And that then can be tartar later on. And then that's what you have to go get scraped off by your dentist or dental hygienist. And by the way, anybody who knows about Asif's love for candy and chocolate could have easily predicted that his dental hygienist would be displeased with him. Dude, yeah, but that's, more for cavities, which I don't have a lot of cavities. We're talking gum disease. I thought he was just disappointed with your mouth in general, <laughs> well, but also gum disease. He hasn't said that yet, but okay. I'm sure he will. Um, when you get the, a more serious form of gum disease, it's periodontitis. And then your gums actually pull away from the tooth and that can lead to serious complications. So you can lose bone, your teeth could fall out, of course, bad breath that uh, no one likes. So, uh, and it's interesting if you look back through history, because we can look at skeletal remains, uh, ancient hominids, so not Homo sapiens, but predating Homo sapiens, they had gum disease from like 3 million years ago. Mm. Uh, if you look at records from China and the Middle East, from archaeological studies, they can show that uh, mankind had periodontal disease at least for thousands of years. Um, they That's found interesting if- to me that the, the gums have sort of you know, completely worn away, but just by looking at the They can see the, the evidence. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And interesting, if you look at like um, 
just kind of Europe and the Middle East, the archaeological research there, they think the hunter-gatherer lifestyle had less gum disease. But as soon as you start doing cultivation of crops, uh, cereals, right? So whether it's rice, wheat, then you got more gum disease. So it's very, like, it's not the type of thing we think about. Um, but it, it is really common, uh, as you were asking. So uh, after tooth decay, it's the next most common problem, you know, with your with your uh, mouth or, you know, dental disease. So people say about 30 to 50% of the population has it, uh, and about 10% will have a very severe form. I think I'm getting borderline to the severe form. So, no, no. Uh, yeah. So, uh, and I floss every day. And I brush my teeth, okay. obviously, every day. Um, but so they think around the world, a chronic periodontitis, so this is a chronic severe infection, is about 750 million people worldwide or 10.8% of the world. Okay, population. so now what I'm hearing from you, Asif, is that Alex Rodriguez and Oracare, or Aura Pharma, I believe was yeah. his name, are doing us all a solid here. Well, this it's is, certainly affecting a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, uh, Cynic would say there's a lot of money to be made, right? But maybe that's another But way both can be it. true, I guess. Yeah, of course. So, and of course, as you get older, you see it affects uh, half of people over age 30 to some degree. So maybe mild, but, you know, could still have it. And 70% of those over 65 and occurs in males more often than females. I'm not sure why that is. The main symptoms would be like, I think we've all had this redness or bleeding when you're brushing your teeth. Sometimes when you bite into an apple, I don't know if you've uh, had that the bit of blood there that you'll see on the apple. Um, what the? I've never had the, that. The, no, it's a, I, that's that blood when I floss before? certainly, but I floss, I floss aggressively. I floss like I'm making up for lost time. I'm, I'm an angry flosser. So, Why? Why yeah. would you do that? <laughs> but I'm a normal apple eater. Nothing wrong okay. with my apple eating. Um, you can get again. You said bad breath. You can get um, it, it. You can get the gums kind of receding, so it looks like your teeth are not longer, but it's actually a gum problem, right? Mm. And then you can get these deep pockets in your teeth and gums, where then bacteria can collect. Now, your dentist or dental hygienist can check for that. They put a little probe and they test for that. And that's when my my friend who's the dental hygienist, when he does my teeth, he's like, yeah, there's a problem here because the probe can go in really far, which is showing that there's uh, there's pockets there. Okay. So, Asif, maybe we should have just done this episode on you. You seem to be the role model for yeah, well, gum disease. Yeah. Forget right? A-Rod, huh? Let's get A-Doge <laughs> yeah, in here. Right. Uh, <laughs> what are the causes of this? And 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 are you able to pinpoint anything uh, out of these causes to your own life? Well, the most common thing is poor oral hygiene, right? So that would be, but I don't know. I mean, I think I do a good job, but I think my friend thinks I should do uh, better. So brushing, flossing every day um, after meals, et cetera. So that, so that I will doing. say that I see the way some people brush and I was told years ago, brush downwards, mm -hmm, right? If you're mm -hmm. brushing your top row, you brush down. If you are your, you're brushing your bottom row, you brush up. In other words, picture the stuff sort of coming out of your teeth. You're yeah. And you should out. be brushing your gums too. That's what I've been told as well. Like, you don't just, just to, to the, not just the teeth, right? Sure. Uh, but I still but, see people going sideways and, you know, my own children, for God's sake. I'm like, I've told you. The wisdom has been passed to me. I'm trying to pass it to you. A lot of sideways brushing out there. Maybe maybe that has something to do with something. It's not helping. So there's other causes as well. Uh, so smoking is a big one. And diabetes, right? So and in diabetes, it's kind of a, there's probably a, it's not saying that 
poor oral hygiene causes diabetes, but obviously if you have diabetes, you may have problems with uh, being more susceptible to infections and then that can make your gum disease worse. On that note, is this like uh, that that term I love, uh, canary in a coal mine? We were talking about this with erectile erectile dysfunction um, a few months ago. Is gum disease a harbinger? Is that the right word? Harbinger? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, harbinger, harbinger, yeah, harbinger. Of, of, of other potentially bad things happening in your body? Like, is it a, is it a, what's the word? Like, if you have gum disease, you better look at a few other things. Yeah, in your it body. could be a so, risk factor for other risk other factor. That's, yeah, a, that's it's a very complicated term. It's, it's more than one word. Uh, yeah, and, and you know, you'd brought this up, uh, this topic. So I was like, I don't know if there's anything there. But again, once you do a bit of research, there is some stuff there. And some of these uh, findings are not in like you know, you know, no name journals that have, you know, these are in reputable journals done by reputable investigators. So I'll talk to you about a couple of examples where they predict it's a risk factor. So a lot of studies for heart disease have shown that periodontal disease can increase the risk of heart disease, and it can also exacerbate existing heart conditions. So for example, if you have gum disease, you have two to three times the risk of having a heart attack, stroke, or other serious cardiac events. Now, a couple of things to be clear about. We talk about plaque on your teeth, but remember, we've talked about heart disease in the past uh, on one of our previous episodes, and we talk about a plaque that can build up in your arteries. These are completely different kinds of plaques. I think I even said that in the last episode. So let's just separate those two things. Those are two different things. But there is this association. So what could be it? And we don't know really if it's what we call a correlation or it's causation, right? Is it just these two things to be correlated? In other words, someone who's predisposed to heart disease may also be predisposed to gum disease, right? That could just be it. doesn't mean that the gum disease and not treating your teeth very well and your gums will cause you to have a heart attack, right? Mm -hmm. But some people say maybe there is. And the reason why they say that is because of the possibility of inflammation. So they think, and there is some evidence for this. So when you think about if you, if your body has a bacterial infection, you know, uh, that creates a cascade of inflammation in your body and can damage many different areas of your body. That's say you're sick, you're in the ICU with a serious infection. But the theory is maybe just the chronic inflammation of your gums, which is a bacterial infection, causes other areas of the body to become inflamed and has what we call this inflammatory cascade. So for example, one uh, source of uh, information about this is they found a bacteria called P. gingivalis, which is uh, often found in the mouth and in these plaques in your mouth. It's also been found in the coronary arteries. Right. So that is a kind of an interesting um, correlation. Uh, but, but you're suggesting that it starts first in the mouth and then has a cascading effect. Correct. Not the opposite. Correct. That's that's okay. the theory. Again, it's not well proven, but there are some in, very interesting studies that I think have been a bit uh, um, suggestive of, of a correlation. Interesting. Would you say, would you go as far as to say like a, a responsible dentist if they saw advanced um, you know, oral decay, for lack of a better word, would they want to maybe recommend to their patient you should probably see a doctor as well and be just... just I don't know if sure. they would do that. There are some other dental things which they can see which which, which may uh, end up referring, but not for that. I think the, the correlation isn't quite there yet. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, but there's a couple other diseases which have some some interesting findings. So Alzheimer's is another one. So one study looked at 
cognitive performance of, of about 600 men, and they found that cognitive decline increased as more teeth are lost and as you had more uh, gum problems, uh, tooth decay, etc. Now, again, is it correlation or causation, right? Because it could just be as you're getting older, you're more cognitively impaired and you're forgetting to brush your sure. teeth, say, right? So they, they could be it. But interesting, they have found that um, p- patients with a periodontal disease have an increased buildup of beta amyloid protein, which is the neurologic finding that we see in Alzheimer's. And other experiments have found that uh, another, this the same P. gingivalis has also been found in the brains of individuals with Alzheimer's. That's that same bacteria that's in the gums. And there's even some more research that that bacteria can produce that beta amyloid protein that we see as a deposit in Alzheimer's. And there's even some uh, um, groups that are looking at um, creating a uh, an inhibitor of some of the enzymes that are produced by the bacteria in the hopes of arresting Alzheimer's disease. So again, I, I, when I first heard about this, I'm like, ah, this sounds like a bit of garbage. But when you read it, there's actually some solid studies there so it it may be something to to at least keep your eye on in the future and then uh then there's cancer so and then these are good studies in good uh publications at lancet oncology which is a very reputable journal extremely reputable they looked at johnny's garage journal of medicine exactly it was not like that they looked at fifty thousand men and they found uh, basically an increase in cancer risk in people who had periodontal disease. And that's when they control for other risk factors. They found particularly with pancreatic cancer, but overall cancer risk. That's very interesting. Uh, and even looking at erectile dysfunction, they found an association between those when they reviewed the literature on that. So again, it's hard to know, right? Because we know things like smoking and diabetes predispose you to erectile dysfunction. So you know, is it correlation? Is it causation? Sure, but, yeah. but you know, there there is something there in the literature. Again, this is not nothing. This isn't like made up stuff. So, I, I think it's definitely worth uh, further investigation. Sure. Okay. So, given all this, this makes gum disease seem potentially much more serious than you might at first think. So, what uh, what can people do about gum disease? What do you do about it? Yeah, and I think, so like I said, we don't know if you have impeccable oral hygiene, you will uh, then not have a heart attack or develop Alzheimer's or, um, you know, develop uh, erectile dysfunction or cancer. But I think you, it is good just for your teeth and your oral health to just try and do that. So brushing uh, at least twice a day, if not three times a day, you want the toothbrush bristles, as we said, to be underneath the gum line, as you're saying, and scraping upwards. Um, flossing daily, or use something equivalent to flossing. You know, they have those little uh, other devices, right? Like, they're like plastic. People know what I'm talking about, right? You can use those. Sometimes, if you're uh, a bit more severe, you have to use an antiseptic mouthwash, and your doctor will talk about that. And then, of course, the regular dental checkups, right? And so sometimes if you have a problem with your gums, your hygienist, like mine did, might say you actually need to increase your uh, visits for more than twice a year. Um, so I think I think those are the things that we all know we should be doing, but perhaps we should be all doing it a bit better.
Well, that's our episode for today. Let us know what you guys thought. A lot of uh, discussion about our top albums of 1993. I'm sure you guys have your own thoughts uh, about what we listed. Like I said, some similarities, but a lot of differences. Again, as Ollie was saying, it just, you know, that's the breadth of music. And especially um, 30 years ago, which was a great year in music let's know what you thought about that about gum disease any other topics you want to talk about again it's slightly askew for medicine but we talked about the relation with medical conditions with that so if there's anything else similar to that let us know dr v comedian uh, at gmail.com dr v comedian on twitter facebook instagram we are everywhere and remember that although i'm a doctor i'm not your doctor and i'm definitely not your dental hygienist or your dentist medical issues we talk about for your interest and information only and they're not medical advice please consult your medical professionals for actual medical advice thanks for listening bye, bye.